0: this episode of epicenter bitcoin is brought to you by fairlay fairlay is a bitcoin prediction market where you can place predictions on the likelihood of sporting events the bitcoin price or current affairs you earn money if your predictions are correct head over to fairlaycom epicenter that's f-a-i-r-l-a-y.com epicenter to place your first bet today and by the gem social messaging app We believe GEMS has a real potential to bring new users into the Bitcoin ecosystem and take adoption to the next level. It's social messaging on cryptocurrency steroids. The GEMS presale is running now, and you too can benefit from becoming an early supporter. Head over to getgems.org to learn more. And by shapeshift.io. With no account or sign-up required, it's the easiest way to buy and sell Litecoin, Dogecoin, Darkcoin, and other leading cryptocurrencies. Go to shapeshift.io to instantly convert altcoins and to discover the future of cryptocurrency exchanges. Hello, welcome to Epicenter Bitcoin, the show which talks about the technologies, projects, and startups driving decentralization and the global cryptocurrency revolution. My name is Sibet Sankuchio, and thanks so much for joining us on uh, our special episode today with the guys from Cointelegraph. Hi, guys.
1: Great to be here. Hey, how's it going?
0: Hey, we're joined by Alan Scott and Ian DiMartino. Um, Alan is the chief editor at Cointelegraph, and uh, Ian is uh, a freelance writer. And so today's show, you know, we'll talk about uh, different things, but you know, it's going to be a little meta, I got to say, because we are going to talk about a lot about content production, uh, different ways that we can monetize that content. You know, we are sort of in an era where uh, a lot of new things are happening uh, within within the Bitcoin ecosystem, are sort of uh, creating a new path for, for media. And I mean that in the sense that, you know, we're sort of developing new models by which we're gonna be able to uh, run media outlets. And so these are questions that, you know, here at Epicenter Bitcoin, we're definitely thinking of, and also uh, Cointelegraph. So um, I'm really excited about today's conversation and really dive into sort of like Bitcoin media, but also like the new types of models and business structures that we can imagine in this new ecosystem. Uh, Brian is not here today, unfortunately. Uh, we really, I really would like for him to be here as well, but he's uh, traveling, unfortunately, so he couldn't be with us. Um, but uh, I'm sure he's here uh, in presence. <laughs> So uh, could you guys uh, briefly introduce yourselves individually?
1: So my name is Alan Scott, I'm the Chief Editor at Cointelegraph. And uh, I've only gotten to Bitcoin uh, pretty late, uh, back in March, but ever since then we uh, we at Cointelegraph have grown very rapidly, uh, expanded our media group, and uh, we're now hoping to get better and better.
0: Oh
2: uh, yeah, Ian DiMartino. I've- Started writing about Bitcoin, I guess, in uh, January for general tech site. But uh, joined up Cointelegraph, I think it was also in March, and started getting paid in Bitcoin then. And it's uh, been kind of a rocket ship ride ever since.
0: And Ian, I believe you're pretty much living on Bitcoin only now, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, uh, I have three roommates and they get paid and yeah, but I mean, I pay my part of the bills and everything, you know, with the money I make from Coin and you know.
0: Cool. That's really. I mean, it's good to hear that. I guess it's kind of nice to hear that uh, that you're able to uh, make your full time living uh, living off Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and writing too, which has always been sort of my dream. So it it's a nice combo. <laughs> uh, cool. It, you know, I got a dump a lot, you know, during rent times, but I always try to spend a little bit of overstock and give a little bit away before I do that, and try to hold as much as I can.
0: Cool. Well, um, I guess I'd like to start off by uh, by, by talking about Cointelegraph. Um, I mean, personally for me, uh, you know, since we started this partnership, I mean, before we started this partnership, uh, and we will talk about that in a little bit, uh, Cointelegraph is sort of a black box to me. I mean, uh, it's out there. It's definitely one of the most well-known Bitcoin um, news sites, and you guys put out great content. You know, I have a lot of talented writers there that are doing content for you guys. Um, but uh, you're welcome. But uh, you know, it, it, I think to a lot of people, uh, there there are questions around, like, you know, how did it get started? Who's behind it? What's the organization look like? Um, and so, I'd like to uh, maybe ask you, Alan, if you could sort of. Uh, briefly, uh, talk about Cointelegraph.
1: Okay, so basically, uh, I want to clarify that we have private investors. And uh, since Cointelegraph is operating on a, in the cryptocurrency market, uh, certain banks and governments uh, usually uh, could be pretty hostile towards the emerging cryptocurrency that could disrupt their business. So uh, the investors, they would prefer to remain anonymous uh, for as long as possible. And with that, uh, I'd like to say that our content is completely autonomous. Um, so our writers can, they pick and choose whatever they, they think is interesting. Um, I don't censor them. Nobody censors them. And basically we're, uh, we're an ind- independent media that's run completely on Bitcoin. Our staff, um, uh, includes Maria Jones. She's the general manager. Uh, I think most people are familiar with her. She's the one that, uh, goes to all the conferences and the events. And then uh, there's myself. I'm in charge of uh, guiding the content. And then there's our, uh, of course, very talented creative director, uh, Dennis Svans. He's uh, he's the one that, that sort of started the whole comic book theme. And now there there's a, there's also other artists as well. Like uh, there's, I'm sure someone. Uh, Jing Jing. Uh, Jing. Jing Jung right. And uh, a few others. So they're all trying to get into the game and uh, follow our style.
0: Cool. What was the idea behind that whole comic book thing? I mean, cause it's really cool and I think it's quite original, but uh, yeah.
1: Well, besides just, uh, you know, standing out and trying to be unique, uh, one day we just tried it out and uh, we liked it and it was different than, uh, <laughs> like CoinDesk, for example, that's sort of a standard news site. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to do something different and our yellow background, I think, uh, uh, does very well with those
0: (laughs) no it's definitely a a good idea and it's something that in fact we've been we've been looking for a graphic designer for a little while to 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 do that kind of thing for uh for our episodes it's not it's not it's not easy to find someone who's able to come up with you know uh, cool graphical ideas to to illustrate you know some content
1: yeah i mean we actually got really lucky that (laughs) uh dennis uh came to us and he sort of just drew something, and well, one of his first pictures actually resembled uh, you know, our current style, and we were just like, you know, this is really cool, and we just you know, ran, ran with it.
0: So getting back to Cointelegraph, um, then there's, I guess, uh, some people that are on staff there, so you're one of those people, and yeah. then there's also some freelance uh, writers that perhaps come and go?
1: That's right, yeah. So most of our writers are freelance, and they're based all over the world. And uh, which is pretty, uh, I would say, unprecedented. Uh, I think Bitcoin has allowed us to have writers all over the world, and with Bitcoin, we could uh, we could pay them, you know, instantly, uh, regardless of whether they're in the same office or three thousand miles away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Don't think uh, without Bitcoin, the the centralized nature of our business would work. Where. I mean, there's people all over the. US. we have people in Latin America, and people in Europe, so it's, uh, with all the banks and I'm trying to pay all those kind of people without a digital currency like Bitcoin. I, I can't imagine it ever work.
1: Yeah, I think it actually enhances the news as well because uh, it gives us the ability to have a reporter almost in every time zone. Uh, before this, uh, you know when people had to just had to pay their staff writers and journalists, they had to send them out. You know, spend a lot of money that way. Now, where uh, Bitcoin has allowed us to be everywhere, but not everywhere.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. And I think what it what it enables, because this this model already exists. You know, there are publications out there that have writers everywhere around the world and manage and, and manage to pay them, etc. But I think it just lowers the bar. It lowers the entry level so that you know smaller uh, smaller uh, startups can. Uh, can do this i mean w- we're definitely part of that and you guys as well so um it, it may it, it, it makes it's an enabler
1: yeah definitely uh, lowered the uh, barrier to entry for this market now uh now pretty much anyone that has bitcoin can finance operations across the globe uh set up businesses that are global and uh before you you really needed to be a sort of a cnn to have affiliates uh, uh all over the world, and I find that uh, very interesting and very exciting.
2: (laughs) And and it works a lot better, I'd say, for the writers, too, because, I I mean, when you're freelance writing and you're writing for, like, uh, you know, text mill kind of sites or ODesk or Freelancer or something, uh, they're taking a significant chunk out of everything, and, you know, this model works a lot better where you're just getting paid directly from the person, even if you're, you know, freelancing. Once it's ended the Bitcoin, it's not like they can exactly take it back or anything. So it's uh, more trustful. But m- most importantly, there isn't that huge chunk being taken out by, you know, those companies that b- facilitate uh, freelance writing or freelance uh, design work. Or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think I think we I, I mean, definitely we've been seeing that happen with sites like Coinality or where we're trying to replicate the ODesk model. Uh, and 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 bring Bitcoin into it so that you don't have that intermediary. I mean, we did. We definitely started working with people with on uh, Odesk uh, when we first started, and and quickly like got them out of Odesk so that we can pay them directly. Uh, some of those people were paying with Bitcoin, others were still paying with PayPal. Um, but yeah, we wanted to get them out of there as quickly as possible, and and they wanted to as well. You know, they they also wanted to be able to get that cut uh, for themselves. So. Uh, something that that uh, I wanted to talk about with you guys uh, because this is something also that we're both doing is uh, talk about running a Bitcoin-only business. Uh, this is something this is a new a new experience for all of us. Um, we're operating in a world that is, for the most part, uh, fiat-based. Uh, I guess I guess uh, for the large part, and we're, we're we're doing this new thing, which is running a company on this digital currency. That has some advantages. Like you mentioned, it has the ability, we have the ability to pay people very quickly and very easily. And I personally, you know, feel, um, as a business, I I really find that it sort of empowers me to be able to find people and, um, and there's a, there's a relationship there that, that it establishes. Uh, which is perhaps different from another type of business where you're, passing, you're going through a bank or through PayPal, you know, there, there's, there's sort of a common thread, which is Bitcoin. Um, but there are some challenges as well. I mean, not everybody accepts it. Uh, there are other challenges such as, you know, the fluctuation of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the price. So what are some of the challenges that you guys have seen in running your Bitcoin-only business?
2: Well, I'd say for the business side of it, uh, probably Alan would be better to speak on that. I could speak after that on uh, what's it like to be paid by a Bitcoin-owned business
1: and to live on. It. Well, to be honest, uh, I don't really do any like backdoor uh, business deals. I, I'm only in charge of the content. And um, so as far as challenges with operating uh, with Bitcoin, uh, I've only seen positives, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Ian, maybe you could pitch in? Uh,
2: I guess, you know, there's always the on-ramp, off-ramp of, like, I get paid now. I got to wait, you know, three more days or two more days for the bank to, to uh, change into fiat so I can pay my landlord or whatever. But, I mean, I kind of like it. It makes it easier for me to save money anyways because uh, <laughs> I'm not very good at that. And, uh, I th- Really, as far as downsides, I can't really think of much. Of course, I'd rather more places take Bitcoin,
1: so I could just. Well, uh, uh, one downside is, of course, we could you know uh, complain about the low price right now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, actually, yeah, one of our writers, he's uh, from England, and he's always uh, complaining how he has to uh, with the uh, price going down and on on and off ramps. He's always having trouble uh, cashing out of the system. So, for example, if he has to pay back his uh, student loans in cash and fiat currency, it's uh, difficult to do that right now. Uh, I mean, it's doable, but there's fees involved and uh, all that stuff. So, uh, that's definitely a problem right now.
0: Yeah, I think that also reflects some of the problems that we've been having is convert. It's it's the off and on-ramp, and this is where you'll find roadblocks, and this is where we'll find fees. Um, for example, uh, you know if you want if we want to buy something on a website that doesn't accept Bitcoin we have to go through these hoops and loops to uh, to try to find like I mean I haven't really found some really viable solutions but um, prepaid credit cards and things like that but uh, one solution we were using got actually had to shut down because their banking relationship went sour. So yeah I mean we, we try to find as much as possible we try to find people and companies that we can work with that accept Bitcoin obviously. But you're always going to have that friction as, as, as long as um, as there are companies that aren't accepting Bitcoin and as long as we don't have easy solutions for uh, interacting with the non-Bitcoin world. And of course, then the problem is you're al- always going to have some sort of fee associated to uh, to using that service.
2: And, and I've been kind of lucky, you know, if I lived in New York, maybe there'd be, uh, you know, the, my banks would be more cautious about, you know, all these payments coming in from circle or coinbase or whatever but uh also I, I i've seen some people complain about how like their banks have shut down or canceled payments or coinbase said you know looks suspicious or whatever but i think when you're putting money into a bank account they don't care as much as when you're taking money out and buying bitcoin because uh my bank called me uh a while ago about something else and they asked me if i, if I had a job and then the last job that they had on record for me i, I I had left like two, three years ago. And so this whole time they thought I was unemployed and just getting payments into my bank account from this mysterious Bitcoin company or something. And that didn't even make them suspicious, I guess, because the money's going in and not coming out. At least that's my little theory on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I, I see what you mean, because I mean, I'm I'm also uh, sort of in the, an independent, uh, I don't have a day job anymore. And I think at, at some point, especially here in France, where having a job is sort of like the most important thing and it's required to get an apartment or any sort of like loan or that's what they'll look at. Um, you know, uh, getting, getting, t- telling someone, uh, that you're trying to borrow money from that you get paid in Bitcoin is, uh, it's probably not the, the most reassuring thing.
1: Yeah. That's why all our operations, we try to do everything in Bitcoin. So, because the on and off ramps are a real problem right now. Um, one of our writers, uh, I remember now, that he was complaining that he has to keep his money in an uh, online exchange uh, because that way he can cash out. Um, and those online exchanges, I mean, some of them right now are not very reliable.
0: But why wouldn't he just keep his money in a, in a regular wallet?
1: You mean like, a off, well, because he has to keep money in the exchange so he could cash out. Uh, he, he doesn't live in
2: America.
0: Yeah.
1: He does everything. Yeah, he does everything through the exchange. Uh, I don't know, but again, the on/off ramps are a real problem. <laughs>
0: and so, Alan, you're based in Latvia. How how is it there, like in terms of on and off ramps? To...
1: Well, Latvia is not bad. I mean, we got uh, Air Baltic accepting Bitcoin. Uh, a few cafes. Uh, we did we did a couple of articles on a few bars that are accepting Bitcoin. So, I th- I think it's uh, it's definitely growing here. But again, uh, like Ian said, if I lived in New York, uh, if I moved back to New York or San Francisco, it would be a lot easier. Uh, right now, um, in uh, in about a week, I'm going to go to Amsterdam. I'm going to and then go to Arnhem, the Bitcoin city, and check that out and see what I could do. And I'm going to try to do everything Bitcoin uh, there as well, no Fiat.
0: Well, Amsterdam, you might you might be able to do quite a few things in Bitcoin, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's like uh, one of the best places right now to go if you have Bitcoin. Definitely. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, um, well, we've got lots more to talk about. But first, I uh, just want to take a minute to talk about uh, Gems. So, you know, we had Gems uh, CEO Daniel Pelt on a few weeks ago, and we're you know, Brian and I are both really excited about this project so this is you know, it seemed natural uh, for us to to work with gems and to promote what they're doing so gems is a social messaging app it looks a lot like WhatsApp uh, but we like to think of it as whatsapp on cryptocurrency steroids so there's a couple of things we like about it the uh, first thing is that gems encrypts all of your conversations so you know this can't be said for a lot of the other uh, social messaging apps and social media I mean of course WhatsApp just uh, said that they would start uh, encrypting all conversations but you know, you know Facebook and all these other platforms. You know, can you really trust where your information is going? So Gems encrypts everything, and so that's really cool. Uh, the second thing about them is that they really take the full you know, advantage of crypto in the sense that it's also a Bitcoin wallet. So they have their own currency within uh, the app that is called Gems, and that you can um, that you can share with your friends that are also using the platform. And uh, when users first download the app, they also, get a few gems immediately to start off with, and sort of get them uh, accustomed to using cryptocurrencies. So that's kind of a good, uh, an interesting step into uh, bringing mass adoption and getting people used to using cryptocurrencies. Building it into an app that is just really user friendly and that serves a purpose, which is you know messaging, something they do every day. And um, third, gems is sort of designed incentives to facilitate growth um so by that i mean that you know when you invite someone and they get gems well that in- incentivizes people to get into on this network and build the network and really um incentivizes people to take a real stake into the project so uh it you know, when you when you get onto a platform and you're sort of participating in the growth of that and you have a real stake in it, well, that just makes you want to build the platform more and uh, and bring more people into it and really create value. And since you're a holder of that currency and um, that currency gets, you know, create uh, goes up in value, may go up in value Well, you're also uh, you can also benefit from that. So, uh, you know, that's that can't really be said for other uh, examples uh, like WhatsApp being sold for several billion dollars and all the users getting nothing.
2: Yeah. One thing about social media apps is I can't remember who said it first, but I'm not coining this. It's kind of old. But uh, if you can't figure out what the product is, then
0: you're probably the product. And that's I think Daniel Pell <laughs> said that actually. Uh, that, he might yeah. not have coined it, but he, he did mention it.
2: Right. And uh, gems, you, you, I mean, I think we will, I guess, you know, the product is gems and it's not the person using the product. So I think that has some value right there. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. and I mean, the, the really interesting thing with this thing is, I mean, the advertising is, I mean, the user is paid to be advertised to that. And I think that that model um, to, to try to disrupt the existing advertising model. And that really kind of ties into what, you know, to the type of things that we're doing Um is an interesting experiment and I'm really excited about where that, to see where that's going. So re- we really think that Gems has a real shot in, in building a super valuable tool, uh, and taking cryptocurrency to, to adoption to the next level. So they're running a crowd sale right now on Coinify. Uh, it's, it's been running since December 1st. It's going on s- until January 5th. So if you'd like to take part in that crowd sale, you can go to getgems.org, uh, check out the project and, uh, participate in the pre-sale. And, uh, so we'd like to thank Gems for, uh, their support of Epicenter Bitcoin.
2: Uh, we had one writer, uh, Cheryl, uh, I don't know how to say her last name. It's like Hustle Apple. Hustle Apple. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a really nice article on Gems just recently. If you guys want to go check it out, uh, out there in
1: Epicenter. Yeah. How Bitcoin it's right. trying to incorporate more, uh, female yeah. users as yeah. well into the Bitcoin space.
0: Yeah. I think I saw, I think I read that article, um, But you know that that is one of that is one of their strategies. I mean, Daniel kind of told us this off off the record, off the air. But uh, I mean, I think I could say this. But you know, one of the ideas to one of the ideas is really to make it an app that is that is uh, appealing also to female users, right? I mean, let me just look at their logo and everything. It's kind of. So, yeah, I think that's, that, I think that strategy is, is very interesting in the sense that, uh, well, they've really sort of tried to make an app that, uh, enables just regular people to, to, to get into the cryptocurrency space. So I hope more people will try to do that.
1: Absolutely.
0: So the next thing I want to talk about with you guys is, um, is sort of like, New, the new business structures that that Bitcoin enables, especially for content producers, uh, this is something that Brian and I have been talking about a lot uh, in our discussions. I mean, right now we're—I I don't want to say unfortunately—but um, we haven't really been able to come up with a way to really monetize our content in a way that would allow us to pay the bills, pay our suppliers. And also, uh, well, pay ourselves because you know, this is this is something that this is a business that we're trying to grow and and making this something quite prosperous. Um, so we've 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 resorted to sort of the traditional advertising uh, model. Um, what are, what are some of the ways that some of the things that you guys are doing to uh, to disrupt that? And how has that been uh, working for you guys?
1: Well. Um Right now we think a uh, change tip is one of the, the cool new uh, features that we're trying to integrate. Uh, we have a general change tip uh, icon, but we're trying to make a change tip for every particular you know, specific author. So right now it would be really cool if it's no, if somebody could just read an article, if they like it and they could instantly with one click, you know, give a tip. And I think if that's the future and, uh, right now of course it's very small but hopefully in the future as the Bitcoin economy grows uh, that'll be one of the best ways to monetize I think yeah
2: I think since the uh, well, at least as long as I've been on the internet people have been talking about the coming micro payments or microtransactions and they just never work because of all the friction in it so now we get to see what happens when there's you know virtually no friction on it and will micro transactions work and you know I think the Bitcoin, Ecosystem probably has to grow a little bit before it can work, you know, uh, on a mass scale. But I have hope that humanity will make little tiny donations work.
0: Well, this is something that uh, we've thought about. I mean, we we always ask people to tip us. I got to say, I mean, it hasn't really been successful for us. We do get some tips, but it's, it's been nowhere uh, enough to, 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 to pay for, for hosting or I mean, we've gotten so little tips since since we started this. So to, to us, it didn't seem like a very viable option. But but then again, you know, other people have talked about how uh, tipping really works for them. Uh, I think Adam B. Levine um, gave a talk uh, at some point at a Bitcoin conference talking about how YouTube is broken and pitching this model where he puts out a a change uh, widget with uh, a change tip widget with an individual qr code for everything he puts out everywhere he puts it out that way he can not only get tips for every piece of content that he publishes but also um, sort of track it so it's got sort of built-in analytics which is interesting
2: well uh, there's some you know podcasts have been out there for a while that uh even before bitcoin that kind of have survived on the, on the donation model. Uh, You know, one I listened to is Dan Carlin, just for an example, and he just started taking Bitcoin, but he's been, you know, dealing with PayPal this whole time. uh, Before that, Uh, I I think it's just a matter of like size, you know, like there's not that many people into Bitcoin right now. Like as it gets bigger, you know, if a hundred people watch your show, maybe only one person donates, but if we just get it large enough, that that one percent is enough to pay bills then you know I, I, I think that's the hope but definitely things like change to make it easier and you know that can only be a good thing
0: how successful has that been for you guys like the how, you know if you can talk about how, what what kind of tips are you are you seeing come in on your on your articles
1: I would say not that many either. yeah right now it's uh, pretty insignificant <laughs> but uh, I think the, the main strategy right now is to tip yourself i mean start using change yourself and uh do all the microtransactions send them via twitter i think that's the best way to get more people involved i mean they're gonna they're gonna see tweets coming uh to them with uh 50 cents you know two cents it doesn't matter but that's gonna get them into the bitcoin space and that will uh cause it to grow and soon we'll be seeing uh, much bigger tips and new ways to monetize yeah
0: so what you're saying is to, in order for more people to start tipping, you got to the tip one, them back. Yes. <laughs> you you got to tip them back. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you got to be the first one.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, just coming, coming back to gems uh, real quick. I mean, I, I think that, you know, getting people accustomed to using cryptocurrencies is definitely one of those things that uh, will sort of grow the ecosystem. Uh, you know, what they're doing is definitely allows that to happen. Um, you know, change tips also, you know, tipping someone who, who doesn't use cryptocurrency uh, sort of forces them to, in, in a sense, start using it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually surprising
2: how um, hard it can be, you know, before a change tip to get people to take money. Was, uh, I, uh, I went back to a message board I used to, a political message board I used to frequent before I even knew about Bitcoin, before I started writing professionally and uh, try to get them to take Bitcoin. And, like, I just ran into, like, a wall of hate. That <laughs> I mean, not like a wall of hate, but a wall of, like, skepticism. And it's like, no, I'm not trying to scam you. I'm trying to give you money.
1: And it, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want your Monopoly money, right?
2: Yeah, well, they, they thought somehow I was going to weasel a way to scam them out of giving. Uh, that's what I think. I don't, Some people did take the money, but it was surprisingly, it took a while for <laughs> them.
0: Now you guys are doing you guys are doing both. I mean, you're you're taking tips, but you also have uh, traditional ads. Uh, I mean, when I say traditional ads, I mean you, the traditional CPM uh, model, where you you put ads on the site. Um, you know, and, and moving forward, do you think what is what is the long term vision there? Do you want to at some point try to get rid of those ads? Uh, how do you see that in the future?
1: Well, that would be uh, that would be ideal. I mean, in the future when we if we could self-sustain on just tips and uh, you know funding from our readers, then that would be uh, that would be very, very good. Because <laughs> right now we yeah we do have uh, advertisements and uh, in the future uh, we hope to you know go towards more the direct funding model.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to think that as as much as we'd like to the the traditional ad model, I think is really here to stay. I mean, as long as you have companies who are willing to pay money uh, to people who have large audiences to talk about their products. I, I don't think that's gonna go away. I mean, we may see some variations of that with Bitcoin. Um, we may definitely see a shift towards paying the, um, paying the audience rather than paying some sort of central uh, publication or like a central entity. But I, I really think that you know, advertisers are not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, when I uh, was in school, I remember teachers telling me uh, not to become a writer because the internet had destroyed writing and there's no money in it. But what what ended up happening was by you know the time I was an adult and ready to do it, uh, there was such a demand for content on the web that it ended up paying for it. So I think it's still an evolving space, and you know. I've seen some bad, you know, business practices at other sites, but, uh, Telegraph has been, you know, fantastic and just let me write what I want and, uh, pay me well for it. So as long as that continues, I'm not going to hate on the model we have too much, but I would, I would like to get rid of advertisers and everything. We see way too many ads in our life in general, but
1: (laughs) yeah. Uh, I'd I'd like to add that our advertisement is more as, um, as a way to gain trust in the, in the ecosystem right now, so we would only promote companies that we that we use ourselves. For example, Shape, Shapeshift.io is an excellent product that could convert crypto to crypto without any registration. So I've been using that; that's really cool. And uh, I do agree that the advertising model is here to stay, uh, but what I envision is in the future there might be a way to monetize clicks. So right now, for example, you have to click the change tip button, but in the future that could all be automated. And when people just read articles, they could automatically send a microtransaction could be like a fraction of a penny. But either way, I think there's something in that technology. I
2: think, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos was talking about, uh, interesting. What I thought was an interesting idea on the Joe Rogan podcast was, uh, uh, being able to like set aside a budget for like articles or whatever, your media budget for the month or whatever, and be like $5 and it could give, you know, two cents to every article you read during the month. And then, uh, some, something like that. But I mean, that's kind of in the future, I guess, hopefully not too far. Yeah. To
0: I'm I've, I've, I've got my doubts about that. I mean, there, there, there has been some talk about, uh, sort of automating. So for for instance, say like in your browser, you've got a built in, um, built-in wallet where yeah this is sort of the idea right where you have money sort of set aside for 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 media that you consume i'm i'm not sure that really works in in the last 15 20 years people have gotten so used to not paying for stuff uh they've they've gotten so used to i mean not paying for stuff through advertising I've, i've got my doubts about that i mean maybe some variation of that but i think maybe what would perhaps be be more realistic in the future is where advertisers pay you directly. And that would force, and that would force advertisers to really get to know the people they're advertising to, because you're not going to want to advertise to someone that's not going to, that's not going to buy your product. Uh, And, and that kind of sort of forces the advertiser to really get to know what are your preferences so that they make sure that they're advertising to somebody who's who might buy their products.
2: But at the same time, I wouldn't want to write about someone who, who would pay me directly, you know. Uh, even if I tried, you know, my hardest to not let it influence me, I I don't. I, maybe I could, but then I don't think the readers would be able to trust that I could, you know. I I'd rather it go to, you know, Coin and then Coin pay me because they like my writing, and they just want their ad next to it. I wouldn't want like shapeshift to pay me to write an article about
0: shapeshift you know uh, i think I, I may have um uh, what, I, what i meant to say was where readers get paid directly by the app oh, okay so rather than the rather than the platform so if you're watching oh, youtube yeah. for instance uh you you're you're getting paid for your attention
1: yeah. to, right, right. I see. Yes. to see ads but uh, actually sebastian i would disagree with you on the fact that people only seek free content because uh, right now, if you offer quality content, I think uh, it has shown that people do pay for it. For example, iTunes, uh, Netflix. And if you offer high quality content, people don't mind paying for that. And I think uh, it's uh, they prefer that over you know going through the back door for some you know, bootleg copy, for example.
0: So you think that uh, con- quality content does force people to, yeah, to pay absolutely. for it
1: with a big
2: enough audience too. To yeah, like, yeah, and. Uh, you know, there there's certain things you can do, like uh, advertising-wise for yourself, like kind of try to make your audience feel guilty or whatever for not doing it. I think we'll see more more of that in, in time. You know, come on, man, it's just a dollar, just just dollar, all this free content.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually with Chainstep, I've seen, uh, I never expected this many people to just give out money for free, but if people are tipping, I think they will pay for quality content. So,
2: it, It's still evolving, uh, Like, all these different things that may or may you know not work, I think we should just keep trying and we'll figure out what works. Another thing that might, you know, how we get paid is definitely going to change. Like, um, musicians, you know, I mean, I just heard this, you know, overheard. I haven't looked into it, but from what I understand, they're getting paid more for concerts than they are for their, like, CDs now with you know spotify and everything making it so cheap uh i think you know i don't need to be rich as a writer you know i just want to be able to pay my bills so if the new model doesn't pay you know what it used to pay for someone who wrote for the new york times or something that's fine but as long as it's more available to people i think overall it's better
0: now, I'd like you guys to talk about your automated payroll system, Alan. You can you yeah. uh, tell us about yeah? So that?
1: ours is a meritocracy based uh, payment system. We we get a a set budget that grows, uh, you know, as we attract more viewers. So we have a, a sort of a, a common pie that all the writers share, and the way this is split up is uh, based on the article's popularity. So the social impact. So, for example, if uh, if an article gets a lot of Facebook likes. Um, that article would uh, get give more money to the author, and uh, similarly, you know, if the article doesn't get any views, they get a very small percentage of any. So, Ian, I think you could weigh in here since you you're in our pie chart a lot.
2: You know, it, it just gets split up. You get to see how much everyone made, which you know, I guess some people would feel kind of weird about that, but it best i guess for transparency and you know um it does it based off google plus and facebook and reddit and uh the only thing i have a, a little problem with it is i just think there should be a cap right now there's no cap so if one article does really good it kind
1: of yeah it could it just really well. it could
2: just take it off takes a lot of yeah. time, but
0: and so how do you protect yourself against like bots and things like that i mean how because i suppose there's lots of there's lots of that too right
2: well we have one guy that uh uh well, there was one bot on one shares that uh for one guy's article and he's no longer with us. I think that's fair to say. But uh, you know, usually you can tell when there's bots on Twitter because they're all the same or whatever. And I think we just have a great group of writers that you know so far, other than the one exception, that hasn't happened.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll also like to add that this is not just for writers. This is this is our uh, entire staff, so the editors and the the artists, they're also included. So, if an article does well, the artist also gets a cut. So it's a very egalitarian in that sense and very transparent. That's what we're trying to do, and uh, it's a work in progress. I mean, it's not perfect right now, but we're gonna keep trying to develop the system and uh, please everyone in in the future.
0: And so, just as an order of example, you know, if if you write a successful article, how much. How much can you make from a successful article like or on average or what, what i mean on average how much would you make from it like that i would say somewhere an average article
2: between like uh just for the writing you know if i edit it myself or whatever i get a little bonus but uh between like 20 and 50 is pretty typical but like i got on the the microsoft accepting bitcoin article so that one's over 200 right now but that's not typical typicals you know t- 25 to maybe 75 or, yeah, would you say that's about right,
1: um? Yeah, that's about right. But uh, our our the whole pie budget uh, it's uh, fluid. So as we grow, so does the percentage that the authors get. So right now it's about yeah, you're right. It's about 2050 on average. But I th- I would expect that you know in the near future that will that number will go up.
0: And this is all automated, I suppose
1: yes Uh, well look (laughs) I gotta clarify something it's not like fully automated you still have to confirm so it's not like it doesn't just do it by itself but it calculates um, all the stats automatically so we don't need a accountant so we save money there Uh, because before we used to you know count all the words and that took a lot of time now it's just uh, fully automated, automated in that way and then uh at the end of the week, the writer, everyone sees what everyone got. And then the next day, the payments go out and people just confirm it. And after that, they get into their wallet.
0: Now, have you ever, has it ever uh, crossed your, your mind or has, has it ever occurred to anybody to maybe have? A uh, Coin currency with which you would pay your adverta- your your writers, but advertisers would also. I mean, LTB has been doing this, and I think others have been trying to do the similar thing.
1: Oh, actually, no, we haven't thought about that, but that's uh, it sounds interesting. <laughs> what do you think? I
2: I, I mean, I think the idea is interesting, but I don't think the world needs another altcoin by
1: us. <laughs> we don't want to get accused of a pump and dump <laughs> scam. <laughs>
2: uh it's i mean not not to say that about ltb or anything like that you know but you know they got a lot of talented people over there i don't i if i made a coin you know it'd be a copy paste bull crap coin so um and it's just you know bitcoin's volatile enough to add another altcoin on top of that that would have another layer of volatility and then Who You know, if it doesn't work out, then I'm getting paid in an altcoin that doesn't have value. And I'd rather, I mean, I like altcoins. I'm not, you know, I had an altcoin column, uh, but Bitcoin is like the one that's right now, you know, it's usable right now that I can, you know, I can't like, I I mean, I'm sure there's a place where I can trade, you know, whatever coin for uh, into my bank account, but I'd have to switch, it. you know, And add a layer of complexity.
1: Yeah, I think... uh, Sorry. I I don't think a CT coin coin is too early in the game, I think. Uh, Right now, Bitcoin is uh, the preferred method of payment. So I think we'll stick that and grow um, our business model. And actually, we're going to try to include, besides the writing, we're going to try to automate everything 100% in the future, including um, business uh, deals. So, for example... um, like Ethereum is doing smart contracts. So for example, we could take uh, advantage of that by making partnership deals with those smart contracts. So we wouldn't need uh, any intermediaries or or anything like that. And that whole process will be fully automated. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the near future.
0: Excellent. Well, speaking of, speaking of altcoins, uh, I'd like to take a minute to talk about uh, our next sponsor, Shapeshift, which uh, you mentioned a while ago, Alan, I think you guys are also working with them. Uh, So, ShapeShift. I mean, the the best way I can I can I can describe what ShapeShift does is really to show you guys. Uh, we can talk about it for as long as we want, but th- a demo is always the best to uh, illustrate something's uh, utility. So ShapeShift is a website which allows you to easily convert bitcoins into altcoins or vice versa. So maybe um, you want to buy some Litecoin or some Dogecoin. So they support litecoin purecoin darkcoin dogecoin namecoin feathercoin blackcoin and they're adding new altcoins all the time so let's uh just do a screenshot here
1: (laughs) it's basically like google translate for altcoins
0: exactly hey that's a that's great i'm gonna use that google's translate for altcoins. uh so i think everybody can probably see my screens here so here we've got the currency converter i want to deposit bitcoin and i want to get litecoin And so I want to buy 0.5 Litecoin. I just put that amount here. And then I put my payment address. So this is my Litecoin address. I hit start. And then what happens? So, Shapeshift is awaiting deposit. So it says, please deposit this many Bitcoins to this address. So I'm going to pull up my wallet and I'm going to send the scan QR code. All right. URL. Confirm. Send. And in just a few seconds, I will have Litecoin in my wallet. So it's, it's a waiting exchange right now. God, I hope this works. <laughs> 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 so it's waiting. Should be receiving it in just a second. There you go. Complete. So how long did that take? What? 30 seconds? Something like that? Yeah. So basically, I was able to buy some Litecoins in about 30 seconds without having to create an an account at an exchange, without having to give any of my personal information to anyone. This is completely anonymous. You stay private. Uh, Your information stays private. They don't even want uh, your email address. You don't even need to create an account. It's super fast, super easy. And uh, and, uh, they only charge a small fee. So if you want to get some altcoins... If you want to convert some altcoins into Bitcoins or vice versa, go to shapeshift.io, give it a try. Tell us what you think. And we want to sh- thank shapeshift.io for the support of Epicenter Bitcoin. So you guys recently, actually, you guys recently did something with Shapeshift, right? You, uh, you had a contest?
1: That's right. So with Shapeshift, we have an article contest right now. And we picked the best seven articles about uh, personal bank horror stories. So uh, everybody writes their own uh, stories about their uh, their dealings with uh, fiat and legacy banks. So you could check that out on our site. And we're uh, on the 15th tomorrow. We should uh, get the poll up uh, where people can vote for their favorite stories. And the winner of that will get three Bitcoins.
0: Yeah, I read one. Um, I think it was from a German guy who was living in the States and the bank wouldn't want to wouldn't let him take his money out of his account or something like that.
1: Yeah, my favorite one was the the one about the the Syrian guy who kept everyone kept getting his name wrong and then kept asking him for for ID to clear a, a wire transfer because they thought he was a you know a national security threat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So we're we're just about ready to wrap up here, but before we do, um, I'd like to talk about uh, independent Bitcoin media. We we are both independent bitcoin media upstarts and uh, there have been quite a few popping up i mean uh, since bitcoin is becoming sort of this uh, this new interesting phenomenon that a lot of people are interested in you know people want to get into that and, and start talking about it and that's definitely one of the reasons why, why why i started doing this podcast um now what what do you think what what role do you think independent bitcoin media such as cointelegraph or epicenter or, or others play in, in sort of preaching <laughs> the good word uh, of Bitcoin to the non-Bitcoin world? Or, or does, it stay clo- does it stay closed in, in our own ecosystem? This is the, the question I often ask myself is, who am I talking to? Am I talking to Bitcoin enthusiasts or am I actually doing good work and in, in spreading the word to people who aren't involved?
2: Well, when I started in tech, a lot of people were telling me that I, I was good at explaining technology. So when I came over started writing about Bitcoin, I, I first thought that um, that would be what I would be doing kind of is trying to explain it to the layman of uh, exactly, you know, to get non coders into Bitcoin and, and still that's kind of, I guess, our rule. But I think also we're talking to the Bitcoin crowd primarily, I, I would say.
1: No, I've just uh, it's primarily uh, the Bitcoin crowd, the, the community. Um, I'm just hoping that as the, the main driver of this would be the price. And if the price goes up, like we saw last year, that's when a lot of uh, newcomers, you know, were introduced to Bitcoin was exactly the last year when the price went over $1,000. So I think that is the main driver of adoption and getting more people on board. And uh, right now we're, uh, I agree that we're mostly talking to the Bitcoin crowd and with some spillover, hopefully.
2: And I think, who mostly talks to the mainstream crowd or websites like Wall Street, or publications like Wall Street Journal or Wired and uh, places like that. And I would say if you want to help uh, mainstream people un- understand about Bitcoin, you got to get them to hire some writers that understand Bitcoin. You know, maybe they poach some people from Desk or from Cointelegraph or something, and that'd be good for the community if it's then there's more knowledgeable people up at the mainstream uh, levels. But I, w- I would just say when, when you see an article and it has misconceptions about Bitcoin, as a Bitcoin enthusiast, you should always try to point that out in the comments and uh, shame the writer a little bit into doing more thorough research before he starts talking about Bitcoin.
0: Now, as a freelance writer, do you sometimes uh, write for other publications that are not like maybe Business Insider or you know, other publications that, uh, that work with freelance writers? Uh,
2: no, I, um, I have, uh, but then I started writing a, I'm writing a Bitcoin book called the Bitcoin Guidebook, uh, with Skyhorse Publishing. That should be on bookshelves. Uh, so before I got that deal, I was working also on a, a crowdfunding site called Stick Blocks. And, uh, uh, before that, a site called Social News Daily. And, you know, I, I could go back to that at some point, but right now, between the book and between Cointelegraph, I don't have the time to write about Kickstarter stuff. As interesting as Kickstarter stuff is, you know, you know crowdfunding stuff. And I get to write about crowdfunding stuff in the Bitcoin space, obviously, but just general, you know, look at this crazy gadget that's coming out on Kickstarter. Uh, I don't have time to write those anymore because I got more important stuff in Bitcoin and better paying stuff. So.
0: so where do you think, uh, where do you think the Bitcoin media uh, world is going. The, do, you, do you think that it's it's going to stay very focused on Bitcoin and sort of remain seated in that uh, enthusiast crowd, or do you think that it will somehow uh, bloom into something that's perhaps a bit more uh, generalized as also uh, as cryptocurrency becomes a bit more of a uh, uh, well becomes a technology that is used by by more people, I guess the masses, although I don't really like that term, but um, yeah, do you think that uh, it will bloom into something that, that's a bit more palpable for, uh, for people that aren't Bitcoin enthusiasts? Yeah, I
2: started, you know, not to say this again, but I started as a tech writer, and now that I'm in Bitcoin, I've kind of found myself as a financial writer, which was unexpected for me. Uh, so I think it's just going to be kind of a blending if... If Bitcoin takes off like we all hope it will and it's $10,000 of Bitcoin or whatever and everyone's jumping on it, then all of a sudden, you know, Cointelegraph is is Forbes or Cointelegraph is, you know, the, the new version of places where people go for their Bitcoin news, which is like financial news, I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's really uh,
1: difficult <laughs> to predict, but. I've actually noticed uh, more the mainstream uh, media outlets uh, uh, covering Bitcoin in a more positive light. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I've noticed. Yeah, have have. Wall Street Journal writing uh, articles with titles like "Bitcoin could disrupt banks" and "Bitcoin is the future" and stuff like that. So, I mean, possibly in the future, they will uh, they will take over as far as the news goes. I mean, I don't know, but Coin and Everybody else, uh, I think, will bloom into something else, like you said, if that happens. And so what,
0: what is the, the long-term vision, sort of long-term plan for Cointelegraph?
1: Well uh, in the Bitcoin space, it's really hard to have a long-term vision. <laughs> we all know how fast everything changes and uh, Let, let's,
0: let's define long term. So yeah. uh,
1: for like a year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we even speak that long that far ahead?
1: Oh, well, uh, if we're talking about a year, then uh, we hope to still be here. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I would say our, our immediate goal and you know no offense to these guys. It's a friendly competition, but I'd say our immediate, our immediate goal is to become the biggest cryptocurrency news website. And then, you know, we'll worry about the rest when we've accomplished
1: that. Goal. Yeah, right now we're just focusing on expanding our media group, um, getting more partners on board and just helping the Bitcoin economy grow. Because uh, we're not just reporting on the news. Uh, we're not some just outlet that's uh, writing articles. We're actually a product of the new Bitcoin economy. We're completely, uh, you know, autonomous. We, we're only dealing Bitcoin and so it's uh, there's an incentive for us to uh, sort of help the Bitcoin space grow.
0: Yeah, I mean, as as the Bitcoin space grows, well, then that brings in new companies and it's sort of a you know new new uh, publications as well and new podcasts and it's a snowball effect, right? So um, I mean, I think like you said, and this is the, an answer that I, that we tend to get a lot is you know what brings a lot of new people in. When do you notice? Uh, like a slew of people coming into the ecosystem and coming in and downloading your wallet or coming in and reading your articles or whatever type of business you're in and that is when the price goes up. And so so you, so you mentioned partners and, and, and growing your network. So well, I understand you so Coin Cointelegraph has been sort of acquiring and creating new uh, new properties?
1: Yeah, so for example, we uh, we started with... We partnered with CoinMarketCap and... Um, and a few other sites, uh, uh, such as, um, I think it was crypto. Yeah, do you know the other site? <laughs> crypto uh, crypto articles. Sorry, Barbie sorry. Or like it that? always. Uh, I I
2: mean, I don't pay attention.
1: cryptoarticles.com for example. Yeah. So, uh, so we just want to expand the media group and grow like every other business. Uh, you guys are uh, actually trying to do the same, or no? Uh.
0: Well, I mean. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows now that, the, that we've, uh, we've partnered with you guys. Uh, our partnership, for those of you who don't know, is um, well, what we've been doing is every Saturday we've been publishing sort of a, a summary article uh, for the previous week's episode. So, like, our episodes come out on Monday and then the, the Saturday... Um, right after we published sort of like 600 to 800 word articles summarizing the content of the article and that's been that's been going really well for us I mean when when we first started this you guys approached us and and said that you guys were thinking of doing a podcast and I can't remember exactly how how it went and then we said well you know we guys we could have you on and then finally we we (laughs) we ended up doing this so I mean, for for us, it's it's been positive in the sense that it's been bringing uh, new traffic to our website, which right now is not where we're uh, driving most of our traffic. But as uh, we uh, we're, we're building a new site, and eventually we want all the traffic to go there and stop sending people to YouTube and, and uh, other places like that. Um, it's also been valuable in uh, growing our subscriber base, uh, especially on YouTube and also on Twitter. And just personally, it's been valuable in the sense that it sort of forces us to write every week about the content that we produce, um, which, uh, which I think is, is, uh, is really enriching on a personal level um, when you sort of have that deadline, because uh, otherwise I tend to not write so much. Yeah, so. I think,
1: don't you actually like learn more about the subject uh, when you write? When you write it definitely. out. definitely yeah. yeah
0: definitely I mean, and, and and it f- kind of forces me to because I, mean, I we I mean myself I listen to everything we, we put out I always listen to the episode after it's been uh, edited but t- to listen to it and and stop and think about what I'm gonna say in this article um yeah it's it really has been an interesting experience and sort of forces you to think about these topics a bit more than when you're just talking about them in the podcast so or, or listening to it after the fact well, how about you guys
1: Um, actually got into uh, Cointelegraph because I wanted to write because I know that would uh, help increase my understanding of Bitcoin itself. Because before I was, you know, I just read the white paper and I thought this is pretty cool. But in order to sort of master it, you do have to write about it and read about it and research. And I found that writing articles really helped.
2: Yeah, when I uh, used to write for could I could pump out like six articles in a day. Bitcoin, that's impossible. (laughs) Uh, So it, because when I started out, I was really behind, I think, uh, Cointelegraph, and I would have to research like all day just to get one article out. And slowly but surely, it's been, I've been able to do it a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster, just as my knowledge about cryptocurrencies have grown. You know, just every article, learn something new.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't. Uh, I have these. I have these sort of periods where I'll write a bit more. Um, not always about Bitcoin, perhaps about other things as well. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's always been hard for me to force myself to write about something. But uh, having that that deadline every Friday or Saturday morning, I know I have to send you guys an article. It's sort of uh, is is nice to to, to be um, sort of kicked in the rear to, to, to write something <laughs> cool. yeah. yeah but no it's been it's been um, for us it's been valuable you know, on, on all those uh, in, from, from all those perspectives and I think we want to keep you know we'll, we'll want to keep doing it uh, for the long run uh, well I think we're just about ready to wrap up here uh, is there anything you guys want to add anything you want to plug here's your opportunity
2: uh, just just I guess my book, Bitcoin guidebook, coming out uh, should be February uh 2016, so it's a while.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: Going uh, kind to of get the little bottom thing to work, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ian Martino, which is D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-O, Ian's I-A-N, so I-A-N-D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-O. That's
1: right. <laughs> Uh I actually just want to tell you a little quick story. Sure. From yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So, apparently, I think I was the first person in New York City to order flowers with Bitcoin. <laughs> so, it was this uh, it was this place, a uh, website called afterhourflowers.com, and they were the first. to uh, And if I'm mistaken, you guys could please tw- tweet. Uh, they were the first, I believe, in New York City to accept Bitcoin, and I went on their site to order my mom uh, flowers for her birthday, but... Their Coinbase API was broken. <laughs> so I wrote them and I'm like, you guys, you accept Bitcoin? And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll set it up. So it was, they so just gave me an account and I sent them the money, fully trusting them because I read the Yelp reviews that they're really cool. And uh, yes, sure enough, the flowers did come and I'm really happy about that. So shout out to uh, afterhourflowers.com.
0: Awesome. So yeah, if you're in New York and you want to send flowers to your mother or your girlfriend or whatever, you know, you, you could buy you could buy with Bitcoin. That's great.
1: It's uh, it was a little disappointing because uh, I did look at their wallet and it said zero transactions, so I was definitely the first one for them. That's how I know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully I won't be the last.
0: Cool. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. Uh, it was really really cool to talk to you guys about all this. Uh, all this stuff. Uh, I think this is a conversation that maybe we should be having again in a little while to see how things have evolved. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a topic that I'm definitely very interested in. I think Brian is as well. Uh, so, uh, thanks, you guys. Thanks to everybody for listening. If you want to support us, you can, uh, leave us a tip at epicenterbitcoin.com slash tips. Uh, you can also subscribe to the newsletter at epicenterbitcoin.com slash newsletter. Uh, and the newsletter right now, I mean, Brian's been sending out consistently every, every Friday. Um, it's going to change a little bit, I think, in the next few weeks. Uh, we're looking at different ways that we can, uh, utilize the newsletter to tell you guys about um, interesting content that we write. Also, we haven't really been announcing new episodes um, when they come out, so we're, we're, we're going to be doing some new things there as well. Uh, what else do I want to add? Oh yeah, next week we have Vitalik Buterin, who's going to be on the, a guest on the show. So that is Sunday, January, uh, sorry, December 21st, and I believe it is at the same time, so uh, 1800 UTC um so if you want to take part in that uh definitely uh, join us for the hangout i think it'd be very interesting i am just reading about uh, proof of stake right now and uh i think i'll be doing a lot of research this week to not sound like an idiot (laughs) with with, uh with vitalik on yeah uh so thanks again for listening and we look forward to being back next week
1: great thanks a lot guys